Hello, Red Wave. Welcome to Wear Bulldogs Podcast. Caleb here. We got to get to know San Diego State today. Joining me, as always, my good friend, Mike B. Michael, you are in the middle of a hotel hallway. Uh, I can yep. hear what's going on. You're partying. Um, what are you doing over there? <laughs> definitely, definitely a party in this hallway. Uh, no, my uh, my brother's up for an FFA award, so we flew to Indianapolis this morning. Got up bright and early, and it is it is late here in Indy, but I'm not tired because it's only like six o'clock in California. So, <laughs> but it's pretty crazy. There was no, there's like thousands of high school kids running around, so I just needed to find a quiet place. So this hallway will do. <laughs> this hallway will do. No, it's not too quiet, but it's quiet enough. <laughs> uh, joining us, one of, a friend of Michael's and our special guest. Ben Fletcher, host of the BAM Slam, and he also works in the radio world for San Diego State. Ben, please um, <laughs> fix what I said and uh, let everybody know what you do. Let's go. First of all, pleasure to be with you guys. Really glad we could do this. Um, I work for Extra 1360 in San Diego, which is the flagship station for the Aztecs who are about to kick some Fresno State butt this weekend. (laughs) We'll see about that. We'll see about that. (laughs) And what is the BAM Slam podcast? That is So during COVID, when layoffs were going on across the country, two of the guys I work with got laid off from the radio station. And so I took one of those guys, and I was just really to get him out of his little firing depression. I was like, let's start a podcast. Why not? And so we cover a lot of San Diego sports, a lot of really off-brand dark humor, dirty, awesome stuff. Check it out. <laughs> Find a Spotify, Apple, anywhere. Uh, you'll fall in love with us, I promise. Perfect. Uh, I muted Michael just for, for now. Um, yeah, you can just leave him muted, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Michael, you come in whenever you want. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted to say something first. So me and Ben go way back. So Ben and I went to elementary school we started preschool together we went to school together till eighth grade then ben went to another high school we went to different high schools but we played basketball against each other for a hot minute and then he went to slow and i went to fresno we stayed in touch over the years so we're all i mean it's pretty cool we've we went to a wedding this past year and i think we kind of reconnected again and it's been a it's been a hot second since we were you know talking as much as we do now but i mean dude i feel like i text ben once a week talking about sports so it's been pretty <laughs> cool so me and ben go way back man so you have Bowl, so- on michael that we need to oh, know. Oh, I have all the dirt on Michael. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a picture that Ben sent in the, our group message a few years ago from me in like eighth grade, and I had to rock goggles when I played basketball, and I just <laughs> nice. had these big ass, I had these big old goggles on my face, and Ben would always send those over, and I always laugh because I was like, damn, I look so ugly as a kid. <laughs> you we could like we could talk lots about different fires that we started out farm. <laughs> we can oh anything you want. Uh, but the real question is, who is better at basketball? Ben. Not even close. <laughs> uh, Michael was good in his own right. I'm not just going to say. I mean, I'm also just a short white guy. I wasn't that great. Believe me. So we're all in the same boat here. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I now talk about sports instead of play sports. Right. Uh, same here. Same here. We're in the same boat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, hey, once again, thanks for joining us, man. Um, well, let's get to know San Diego State, the Aztecs. Uh, First off, you guys are undefeated. You, I think you're ranked number 21 in the nation. What is it's got the overall feeling has got to be pretty good. What is the overall feeling in San Diego? Or I, you got another. There's another San Diego State's 
excuse me, San Diego school. What's the Aztec feeling? Yeah, you know, it's all San Diego State here. Um, the <laughs> UCSD and USD, the feelings, I mean, the pockets of fans are very small, but San Diego State has a pretty broad audience. And it's just really the feeling right here now is longing for them to be back in San Diego because the biggest issue has been the fact that they're two hours north. And you think, oh, that's not that much. But asking a fan base to do that consistently and go and play in L.A., a place where the Chargers just were, asking a city who can't stand the Chargers to do that is asking a lot. So I feel bad for the fans right now, but ultimately getting to watch this team on TV and listen to the radio broadcast and then the fans who have been able to get up there, it's been so rewarding this year because you're kind of getting to see Brady Hoke's initial vision from back 15 years ago play out today because he finally has the pieces he wants on the defensive end. Um, his running back core is unreal. And so it's been really cool to watch, and they've earned every bit of this 7-0. and What's it like? I mean, are there are there fan buses and stuff going from San Diego to L.A. each weekend? There are. So they have options. It's actually really cheap, too. Students can get on the buses for about 5 bucks to get up there. Um, the fan, no, it's not been good. Like, we can just be blatantly honest. The fan, they're drawing maybe 9000 a game. That number's being generous. And it's really no fault of the team. It's no fault of the city. I don't blame anyone in this situation, especially when you drive down the 15 freeway here and you can just see what's coming up in San Diego. And the new Aztec Stadium will be open for the start of next season. And I drive by it every day and I'm like, shoot, why can't they play there now? It's uh, it's incredible hmm. how fast that thing has gone up. I don't know if you guys know where Qualcomm used to be, which was where the Chargers played, but it's on that same lot. So they completely destroyed Qualcomm and are using that same concrete that they took down to kind of rebuild this new Aztec stadium. And it's going to be really open concept. It's 35,000, which is perfect for a college venue, especially in this town. So it's more, the fans are just longing for them to be there instead of having to drive up. But I do think of all the games this year, this is going to be the most attended. What were you guys averaging before you tore down the stadium in Qualcomm? Oh, they'd get 35 to 40,000 a game. Okay. So you'll pack it. Yeah, no, that stadium will be sold out every time. It's just mm-hmm. right now people are just not willing to make the trip, which I totally get. Right. I was I was thinking, you know, if Fresno, if we had to travel two hours every weekend, I was thinking, what is two hours slow? But that's not the same because I would go to the beach every weekend. But it'd be like going to Bakersfield each week. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> well, the other thing you need to think about from Fresno getting pretty much anywhere in the valley, you're not really going to have to deal with a ton of traffic. This way, really, Carson's legitimately only like an hour, 20 minutes, but you're going to have to add in another 30, 45 minutes every time because of the traffic, which is God awful. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm good. (laughs) And the game times are 730 at night. That's brutal. (laughs) People don't want to be getting home with four kids or two kids at like one in the morning. No. So I I get it. Yeah. Next year, it'll be a lot better. We've had a couple of four o'clock kicks. Those have been pretty sweet. I'm not sure if you guys have had any of those, but those are pretty, I like those. Those are awesome. And then the day after Thanksgiving, we have a 9 a.m. kick. Mm. 9 a.m.? That's bright and early. Yeah. That's hey, you really early. You know what they say? Or East Coast always complains that, like, that's the reason San Diego State's at 21 and not higher because East Coast doesn't get to see them. So that'll be an opportunity, I guess. <laughs> the turkey's but not you know going to wear say, off yeah. by then. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm worried about. Like, because I'll still be stuffed. I'll be in my food coma still. Right. We got a pregame show at like seven o'clock in the morning that day. <laughs> All right, oh, well, let's, shoot. Talk, let's talk some football. Uh, yeah. 
you kind of talked about how the how Hoke, your your head coach, he's done a great job. You they he's got things going for him. What he's wanted to do with the team is starting to happen. But can you kind of go back into what the team strengths are? The team strength it starts and stops with the defense. That is they're the second best second ranked defense in the country right now. That is the strength of the team. When you talk about literally inside out from the defensive line all the way to the cornerbacks, there's not a weak spot on this team right now. And I think they've proven that through these seven games. Really, the cornerback position coming into this year was a giant question mark. They had a couple guys go to the draft. Uh, you could see two of them playing on Sundays with the Falcons in Dwayne Johnson Jr. And I'm going to forget Darren Hall. Uh, they're both playing with the Falcons right now, which is kind of cool for them. But um, really bad for this Aztecs team. So coming into this year, you really had one guy in the cornerback room who we thought could play, and his name's Taylor Hawkins, and he's lived up to that. He's intercepted a ton of passes, but this guy, Dallas Branch, came out of nowhere, and last week was his coming out party against the Air Force. He had a ridiculous Randy Moss one-handed interception. Oh, I saw that. Hitting the crap out of people, and after the game, I, I asked Coach Hoke on Zoom press conferences, I was like, "What? who is Dallas Branch, and where the hell did he come from? And Hoke was just like, I didn't know he could hit anybody that hard. That was the first I've seen it, not in practice, <laughs> on the game. So hopefully that is something that they can build on there and get the secondary really going because I know Fresno State is going to come out and throw the ball. I mean, Hayner's exploits this year have just been ridiculous, especially the UCLA game. So that's going to be the most important thing for the defense. And then you get to their running game. When the Aztecs rush over 200 yards over the last 12 years or so, I think they've only lost once. And they rush over 200 yards quite a bit. Um, so if they can get to that number, you got to feel good about them winning for Fresno state. I would say, make them put the ball in there because the quarterback situation is not a good one. The wide receiver situation is decent at best. So it should be a fairly simple game plan for both teams. One's trying to stop the pass. One's trying to stop the run. Mm -hmm. Who from the running back group should we watch out for? Greg Bell. You will see him playing on Sundays. Um, he's dealt with some injuries the last couple of weeks. He has had some ankle issues, but he's supposed to be fully healthy heading into this game. He is the definition of a workhorse back. He will get a lot of carries. Um, typically when he gets a lot of carries, he does very well. He is extremely injury prone. He missed a lot of last season with injuries, came back with the COVID year. Uh, this year so far, it's been a mixed bag. When he's healthy for the whole game, he'll go for 160. If he gets hurt, he usually gets hurt early. So last game, he didn't play very much. He was dealing with a couple injuries. They do have a very deep running back room. If you ask Brady Hoke, he'll tell you it's the deepest he's ever had. Uh, guys like Chance Bell, Kagan Williams, Jordan Bird is the absolute game breaker. They don't use him very much. I don't know why. He is the, one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen. Um, we talked to the offensive coordinator a couple days ago. He was like, yeah, he's the Tyreek Hill of our offense. And we quickly said, well, why don't you use him? <laughs> really, yeah, that'd be pretty dumb not to. <laughs> they they use him on kick returns, punt returns, and he'll get six touches out of the backfield. And I'm like, well, figure out some screen passes. Get him involved. Get him in face. That's what you want to do with your athletes. So that's a mixed bag for me. I don't know why he doesn't get the ball more. But Greg Bell will be the featured back on Saturday. He sounds like he'd be a perfect fit for our Niners, man. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly like the, what Kyle Shanahan wants Brandon Ayuk to be. That's what Jordan Bird is, but he just doesn't get the touches. I don't get it. But we've been talking throughout this whole season to people that represent the school that we're playing, and almost every school they have a good running back. Mm -hmm. 
And I was listening to PFF the other day, and they're saying that our wide res- our uh, running back group coming out of college this year is weak. I- I'm going to have to disagree with them. I- every running back I've seen is a stud coming mm-hmm. out of college this year, and we and I know we have two as well, Fresno State. So, and then we played Charles Williams. He torched us. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and Air Force got some good guys. I granted they they got to go serve so. Well, the Air Force, the, shoot, they rush for three thirty six a game. Yeah. Uh huh. Is that that's number insane. not absurd? I will say it's, it's crazy. Held in the one ninety three, so that's the biggest feather in their cap this year. Yeah, Wyoming's got a good one in Valaday. So, I'm and I know I'm missing others. You guys but... saw UCLA earlier this year. What Charbonnet is that his name? Mm-hmm. Charbonnet. He played, which is crazy. When Fresno played him, they didn't even feed him the rock. Like he, I, I don't yeah. even. He only got a few touches, and so we. I guess we stopped him, but uh, <laughs> because we won. But I well, mean, I'm hoping we do the same thing with with you guys. We stop uh, Bird and Bell, and well, if Bird even gets and a the touch. other Bell and Williams, they'll use them <laughs> all. So, so early in the season, it was all Greg Bell. It was featured back. It was given the rock. It was 2016 Le'Veon Bell, and then as the seasons <laughs> progressed, I think Hoke has been like, "Well, these guys are working their butts off in practice. I got to get them more touches." And honestly, last week, it was the first time it's been Greg Bell's fully healthy, but we're going to give the ball to everybody else. And it got him a win over Air Force, which that, they were underdogs in that game. So I say that Greg Bell's going to be the featured back coming in. I guess I don't know that for sure. All right. Well, you mentioned that you guys don't – you have hardly any weak weaknesses. But if you were to pick one weakness, what is the weakness of this team? Quarterback. It's a really easy decision. Um <laughs> So they started the season with Jordan Brookshire, who was a senior, uh, came back for the COVID super senior year and not a great thrower of the football. Didn't seem to be a great decision maker. He's a really good kid. You could tell he's a leader on the team. Everyone respects him. Um, He went down with an injury and we went to Lucas Johnson. Now, Lucas Johnson did start a game for the Aztecs last year and played really well against BYU. got hurt in that game also in the third quarter. So now this year, Lucas has kind of taken the reins since Jordan got hurt. Um, Essentially the same quarterback. He can do some nice things with his legs. He's probably a little bit quicker. Uh, Definitely a better decision maker. He did lead the Aztecs to an overtime win this year where he threw two great touchdown passes. Those are the two good passes I've seen him throw all year. Um, Don't know what you're going to get with them throwing the ball. I would assume they're going to try to implement some more passing game into this game against Fresno because Fresno knows that they're just going to come and try to run. Um, What I will say, they have this freshman. His name is Will Haskell. He is supposed to be an absolute stud quarterback. I don't know what his mental makeup is. I've seen him practice once. He can make every throw. He is fast as heck, but they have not played him more than a couple snaps in garbage time. I have been predicting that they're going to try to get him out there for 10 to 15 snaps. The last two games hasn't happened. He is the official backup going into this game at Fresno state or at Carson against Fresno state, but Lucas Johnson will get the start. Not all that impressive. We were talking about it on the preview. We, we do a little preview before, and we were wondering how come it's taken so long for San Diego state to get a good quarterback into the program. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. That's the answer they'll give you. Um, I mean, over the last, what, I looked up the stat earlier. Over the last 15 years, they have the ninth best winning percentage in all the FBS. Um, Over the last 15 years, they've been the best college football program in California in terms of winning percentage. 
So, I mean, I guess they know what they do well and they stick to it. Now this, what you got to understand, Brady Hoke started this about 15 years ago and then Brady left, went to Michigan. During that mid time, it was a coach named Rocky Long, who now is the defensive coordinator at New Mexico. Rocky was the ultimate old school football through and through. He was going to pound the rock. He was going to stop you on defense. Rocky was the one that created this 3-3-5 that San Diego State still plays on defense. And that's what he was wrapped up in. He didn't care about throwing the ball. He thought it was unnecessary in college football because taking risks usually leads to interceptions, usually leads to the other team winning. Um, at this point, the Aztecs are ready to get with the time. They have a really forward-thinking offensive coordinator in Jeff Klinsky. He would love to be able to throw the football over the place which is why they went out and recruited Will Haskell. Unfortunately, the program is not in a space yet where they can go to that sort of game plan right now because Will is so young. Now, this year, you're going to see same old Aztecs. They're going to try to run for 200 yards. They're going to try to keep you under 300 yards total offense. When they do that, they win a lot. They've won a lot over the last 15 years. They haven't really been looking for a quarterback. I do think that's changing, though. How much of it is – I know you have – a great running back, but how much of it is your O-line? It's huge. Uh, that's maybe the biggest reason. Uh, they got some big boys up on that offensive line, and the old offensive line coach, his name is Mike Goff. He played for the Chargers. He played for the Chiefs. He is maybe the biggest human being I've ever met in my life, and he teaches the one thing is get your head through their chest. So his whole deal is just trying to get that initial push, and then they believe they have the athletes behind the offensive line to be able to work their way through. What they do have on the offensive line is some mean dudes. Bill Dunkel, he's the biggest guy. He plays left guard. He is massive, 350-plus, probably 6'5", 6'6", gets more personal fouls than I've ever seen anyone get in college football. (laughs) He just He's mean. He pushes people all over the place. Threw a dude over a bench earlier this year. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but I think that they kind of like that about him. Like, I think they want him to be that hyper-aggressive, get push, piss people off. And so it works for them. Uh, not my brand of football, but I like it <laughs> because uh, they work, man. The offensive line gets so much push. Pass blocking, not great. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. The, conver- the reason I ask is the conversation <laughs> around in my circle – is you know we see these stud running backs come out of san diego state and then they get to the the nfl level and we don't hear about them a lot and so our assumption is that the o-line makes them look that much better i but i i believe you about greg bell but i'm just telling you what we talk about in our circle (laughs) and i it's hard not to agree i mean you look at a guy like rashad penny he almost won the heisman trophy when he was at san diego state rushed for over 2000 years his senior season donnell pumphrey's another guy he was in the heisman conversation rushed for over 2000 yards his senior season they do get these guys who look like fantastic running backs in college get to the nfl and don't pan out for whatever reason for rashad i truly believe it's been injuries and bad luck yeah Uh, i think if he eventually gets the opportunity We've seen it in spurts with Seattle. We potentially could see it this Sunday. Um, he is fully healthy now. Part of its body, the Aztecs go for small running backs who are really fast. That not always hmm. translates to the NFL, but in college, you're not dealing with as big or as mean athletes as you are in college. So that could be part of it, that they recruit smaller running backs. I talk about a guy like Jordan Bird, who I brought up earlier. He's tiny. Uh, you could flick him and he would fly, but he's just so <laughs> fast that it doesn't matter. So 
truth be told, you're probably right. They get these great running backs. It's a mix between O-line dominance and tiny running backs. I think the Niner well, fan and Michael would blame it on him going to Seattle. Yeah, that's probably uh well Ben's a Niner fan too, so uh, okay. I mean I guess we gotta I guess we gotta root for him a little bit. But uh I could put my camera around and you could see my Steve Young signed ball that's on my mantle. <laughs> <laughs> um well we talk about all these great players that went to San Diego. We can talk about the offensive line and the running backs, but this year the best player at San Diego State is a punter. Is that right, Ben? That is absolutely correct. And you guys are going to laugh. You guys are going to call me crazy. He is going to get Heisman votes this year. And the reason behind it is he is shattering every record that a college punter has ever had. He already has saw- two plus 80-yard punts, a bunch of 70-yard plus punts, and his average is like 54. He is six games, seven games into the year. This is, this is outrageous. This has never happened before in college football, what he is doing. So the guy I do my morning show with on Extra 1360, uh, he has a Heisman vote. He has for the last 12 years. This guy lives and breathes stats, college football. He's an encyclopedia. Has one of those photographic memories where anything you need, ask him, he'll have it. He was He's blown away, astonished that this guy, Matt Ariza, is doing what he's doing this year. And it's because literally we've never seen it before. I don't know where it came from. Matt was the backup last year. I'm like, how? How is he the backup? <laughs> Uh, but all of a sudden, he has just something clicked where he's a little more mature. He's not always just trying to bomb it, but trying to place it. And for whatever reason, he gets the best roles ever. But last week against Air Force, he had a punt go 84 yards in the air. I saw and that. He, it was insane. He kicked it. He kicked it from the goal line, and it went inside the other team's 20. <laughs> like he was in his own end zone. In the and air. I was like, it looked like there. photo. It, it looked like it was photoshopped or something, like a deep really fake. Did. Like, there's no way that that someone could physically kick a ball that far. This morning, I don't know if you guys saw it. He was on the Rich Eisen show. He has now become this national viral sensation. I promise you, he gets Heisman votes. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on the final ballot for a lot of people. He's definitely winning the Ray Guy Award. Can we just put our oh, money on that right now? Yeah, <laughs> and he's probably going to declare for the draft, and he'll get drafted early. What NFL puncher do you see putting up these numbers? There aren't any. No. So, I don't, it's it's a little freaky how he just came out of left field. I wonder if they're PED testing. I don't know, but <laughs> they will be soon if they're yeah. not. <laughs> Matt, just keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll take the viral moments. Well, I mean, how big of an? I mean, usually we don't talk about how good punters are, right? Like they're usually not a position for you circle. So, like, what kind of an impact does that make on the whole entire team from the offense and the defense? Dude, it's massive. College football is a field position game. Uh, when you think about it, when you have a defense as good as San Diego State, if you can make the offense of the other team go 10, 15, 20 yards further down the field, the offense is going to get more tired. You're going to have more opportunities to turn them over or shut them down on third down. It's massive. I'm Matt Ariza has been the MVP of this team. Brady Hocus said it. I can clearly see <laughs> it when I'm watching. And it's bizarre to say that a punter is your MVP. He is because <laughs> – the one thing about San Diego State, I mentioned the bad quarterback play. A lot of times they get three and outed. So when you have a punter who can flip the field like that, turn the ball over to your defense, your defense is where all your playmakers are. You'll get pick sixes. You'll get stops three and outs. You'll get all those things. And usually the other team's punter is not nearly as good as Matt Ariza. In fact, every punter is not as good as Matt Ariza. <laughs> So now you have this opportunity where you flip the field one direction. If you get them three and out, the field is a lot shorter going back the other way. You can think of it as a 20 yard pass, except it's a four different plays, 20 yard pass. (laughs) That's an 80 yard punt, which equals. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but Matt Ariza is the MVP of the college football season so far. Take Max Corral out of here. Take Kenneth Walker out of here. (laughs) Bryce Young, who's that? No, Matt Ariza. (laughs) It also helps when you're, when you run the ball and clock's ticking. Yeah. And then you kick it 80 yards. Dude, that Air Force San Diego State game, as someone who's back in studio running the board and wanted to go home on a Friday, Saturday night was the fastest game <laughs> ever because both teams were totally fine with just sitting on it, giving it to their running backs and then punting. And it just went so quickly. It was awesome. I mean, uh, Air Force is a complete almost 180 from Fresno. Fresno oh is – this past week we ran the ball for 100 yards. Uh, Jordan Mims had over 100 yards. And I think the last time we had a running back run for over 100 yards was UCLA. We've only done it twice this year, I think. So this is a team that loves to throw it, I mean. Well, uh, and tell me about Hayner. I haven't. I got to watch the UCLA game. What I saw Fresno State has nine drives for touchdowns this year that took less than 50 seconds a clock. I mean, that- so – it, uh, that's that doesn't surprise me. I'm not sure if that's like I, I don't that's know that's off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I mean, Jake Hayner's like a he's a gunslinger, man. Like if I had to compare him to somebody, kind of reminds me of like a Brett, like a like a Brett Favre, where he just plays fearless and he just goes out there and chucks it. And then they got these running backs and the, I mean wide receivers, excuse me, that are like big play receivers. So against UConn, we had two drives that were literally just one play and it was 60, 70 yard touchdowns. You know, um, and it happened. It's happened a lot. It's crazy how fast we. Go. I will say we did have a run up the middle against Nevada that went for mm-hmm. sixty-four yards. Yep, for a touchdown. So that was huge, and we weren't expecting that. And I that would. Was the first- I would describe Hamer Hainer as a, like a gamer, more as like more of like a, a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type of gamer, um, and uh, Nathan Shout from the Reno Slant uh, Nevada guy, uh, Reno Nevada guy said that and i couldn't agree more a little more arcade style quarterback yeah yeah he is not a he is he goes out there and plays fearless so he ends up getting hurt and he's been limping around most weeks but then he gets up and just finishes the drive anyway and scores it's crazy he's so he's he's a, he's a blast to watch i can't wait um san diego state gets pressure up the middle i don't know how the line holds up for fresno state but it's state's been able to hit everybody so far um i'd be worried about jakey Okay, that was going to be my next question is where do you see the Aztecs taking advantage of the Bulldogs? They're going to try up the middle on defensive line. They Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator Brady Hoke essentially is the defensive coordinator. He just doesn't call the plays. This 3-3-5 defense that Rocky Long made famous is now ran at a few different programs all over the country. Brady Hoke held on to it, and it's because it's what the Aztecs have been known for. It's what he and Rocky kind of had the brainchild together of it. And it is really hard to get anything down the field to the middle. They are vulnerable on the outside. So if you have some deep threat wide receivers who can make plays on the sideline, if Jake is capable of making those um, kind of down the sideline, either outs or whatever the up one is called towards the pylon, it's not post, it's the other one. Um, Nine or corner. Uh, that's where they're vulnerable and that's where you're going to get them. They middle linebackers are beasts. Uh, talk about guys like Saguna Luby, uh, just wrecks games. So I would say the Aztecs are going to try to take advantage up the middle on the defense. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of rushing yards on them. They're going to hit the quarterback. That's their mantra. And then on special teams, it's weird to say like the matter rising thing. Yes. They also have three block block punts on the year. They also have a bunch of interceptions, a bunch of really nice punt returns. 
there are ways that the Aztecs can take advantage, and they're not very subtle. They're all just hard-nosed defense. Hmm. Other than the deep passes, where do you see Fresno State taking advantage of the Aztecs? It's gonna. They have not faced a thrower that's as good okay. as Jake. They really haven't. I don't know how these cornerbacks are going to hold up. I had a lot of questions about them coming into this game or coming into this season. So far, they've held up. They also have not faced a gunslinger like Jake Hanner. I'd say the best they've probably seen is that kid up in San Jose, and that was their backup. It wasn't Markle. It was the other one, Nick something. I don't know. But Is it Starkle? Yeah, one of them. I don't Okay. They have two that are kind of interchangeable, but the lead guy was hurt, so I, I can't remember. But that's the closest they face, and he's not nowhere near Jake Hayner. So they're going to be vulnerable deep. If he wants to take some deep shots, go ahead. <laughs> Might have free reign. All right. I'll send this to Jake right after. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Might I mean, well. Uh, we've, we've got some good receivers, so it's going to be fun to see because it's like a complete polar opposite on the strengths. That's Fresno State's biggest weakness is probably the offensive line. The biggest strength for, for San Diego is the defense. And, the you know, so if, and San Diego State will run the football down your throat and Fresno will just throw it all over the yard. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. I think it's, it's two polar opposites, which I think is kind of neat because we don't get to see that very, very much, you know. Yeah, college football has become very similar with spread offense kind of taking over um that a lot of teams are similar san diego state's different they're much more like air force than they would be like san or uh fresno state what i will say is if he is going to try to go deep down the side he's going to have to get rid of it quick because san diego mm-hmm. state they make up for their lack of cornerbacks by an excess of guys who are just going to hit the quarterback um, i would say a name to watch out for on the defensive line is cam thomas he has been a game wrecker so far this year and i don't see any way he's going to stop now Oh, man, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited to watch this one. Battle for the old oil can, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Ben, what's the, uh, what's the feeling for San Diego State fans going into this weekend? Are they nervous? Are they confident? I'm hoping they're going to show up. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it would be really – because I know Fresno travels well. It's going to be really sad if the biggest game of their year so far, they're out attended by Fresno State, which I mm-hmm. have a feeling might happen. Um, I would say – no one's confident. Um, you can't really be confident because every game is going to be so close just because of the style they play. Now, so far this year, they've had two overtime games. They've come out on top both times. I have a feeling it's going to be another one of those. It's going to be a one or one touchdown game inside of that. Might be an overtime game. It's going to be crazy close. I think people are excited to watch it. That's what I could say. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking the same way. Every game we played except for Cal Poly and UConn, <laughs> has been close every yep. game or overtime. So, uh, gosh, it makes you look jittery, doesn't it? I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to go through that again, but I, I'm just, I'm starting to get used to it. Like, okay, well, here we go. I'm just, and I work on Saturdays. So sometimes I just think to myself, it's all right. I'll just tune in, you know, the second half of the fourth quarter and <laughs> it'll be a good game. <laughs> That's how San Diego State kind of plays, though. They'll play teams that are way better than them. It'll be a really close game. They'll play teams that are way worse than them. It'll be a really close game. These teams seem pretty even, so maybe it'll be a blowout. Who knows? (laughs) All right, well, uh, if we are going to be traveling down, I'm not going to be traveling down, unfortunately. Uh, And I want you to forget about Carson. Going to San Diego State, 
around San Diego State, where are some places that people can go? Like, what are your favorite places in San Diego? Dude, Gas Lamp is amazing. Little Italy is amazing. Um, we are pretty blessed here to have a couple of elite downtown areas where you can just walk around and throw a dart and you'll hit good food. Uh, if you want some recommendations, Please. West has started to pop up down here and they're like probably three or four of them in Southern California, but there's these tacos and they have fried cheese surrounding the meat that's inside the taco. And it is just heaven. It's heaven in your mouth. That's what it is. What's it called? That again? Sounds- it's called Puesto, P-W-E-S-C-O. Okay. That sounds great. They're, they're pretty great. And then they have a special mezcal menu. Um, in terms of like San Diego local, San Diego longtime places, uh, Hodad's is the OG. They're burgers. They're unreal. They have them at Petco Park. They have them all over town. Uh, and then burrito places, again, just throw a dart. You'll hit one somewhere. Sweet. You can't go wrong with a burrito. No, <laughs> I only have like four weeks. <laughs> All right. Oh, who shoot. does San Diego State dislike the most? In the Mountain Probably West. BYU. In the Mountain West, yeah. Well, okay, then not BYU, but stupid independence. Um, I'd say <laughs> if it's just Mountain West, it's going to be Fresno State. And why would right. that be? Because it's the oil can. It's the one thing you <laughs> to drum up for the rivalry i don't know if you guys have been talking about that but that's been talked about a lot this week because san diego state currently holds the oil can in the mm-hmm. trophy uh so it's something you can kind of latch on to also southern well i wouldn't lock san diego in with southern california because that's more la we can't stand la here by the way <laughs> everyone in san diego can't stand people from la but we also, can't stand la either <laughs> no one likes LA. Why can't it just break off and be its own thing? Because uh, they keep wanting our water over here. <laughs> I will say there is a, a group of San Diegans. I'm not including myself in this because I'm from your guys' neck in the woods that gets really annoyed when people from Fresno and people from Arizona and people from more Northern California come down to San Diego and infiltrate on holidays. So that's part of it too. <laughs> Uh, they call you the Fresnies. They call Arizona Zoning. And that's part of it. I have no hatred. I love Merced, Fresno, Bakersfield, all those areas. The, the what Fresnies. About, yeah, that's a first. Fresnies? I've never heard of that. How about the Fres Elbows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about... <laughs> you should take offense that you're locked in with the same crowd from Arizona. <laughs> uh, what about Fresno State? Like Fresno State in general, do you think, and their culture makes San Diego State uh, not like them? Probably a little jealous. The crowd support you guys get. I've seen the videos from Fresno State. I mean, the fans have been showing out this year for you guys. It's been awesome. They have not had that here in San Diego. And it's something about the brand of football, even though they produce winners, it's not exciting winners. It's like a lot of really boring games that San Diego State just ends up winning, which is mm. great, I guess. But they haven't had that quarterback who can just light the roof up, roof up. So it's probably a little bit of that. I mean, you look at Fresno State's tailgates. I've seen a couple of drone shots. People in San Diego who are diehard Aztecs fans want that, right? They don't want people just to show up for the fireworks show that happens once a year. They want people to show up for really fun, exciting football and to have that sense of community around the team. But since the Chargers left, it's been tough because there's such a – hatred for football here right now which is brutal and you can really just look at one stupid ownership family 
who decided to kind of take the football guts out of this city. But San Diego State's doing what they can to get it back. And then they put winners out there every year. It will work once the new stadium is built. You get those fans for men's basketball? Men's basketball is a totally different story because that program has been so good for so long now that Viejas gets sold out every single game. They had a 99% season ticket retention over from the two years ago to the COVID year to this year. Everyone who had season tickets still has season tickets. Uh, they That's packed awesome. that place, and the San Diego State basketball team got so much better over this offseason. Let me tell you, I was just out of practice. No, don't tell me that. No, they <laughs> are, they're better than they were last year at the tournament. Just say that. Wow. Well, we don't have that kind of sort of thing for basketball, so we envy you for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Paul George days. Even Paul even George know. days, I mean, there was only a couple thousand people going to a game, and St. Mark Center can hold, I think, up to 15, so it yeah, looks empty. 14,000 at VA Huss every time the Aztecs play. Yeah. yeah Not I, the same here. <laughs> when Michael and I were students there, we uh, would just walk in and then walk down to the front row, right on the court, and no one <laughs> would ask any questions. So. We sat courtside a couple We sat courtside a couple times that I was working with the athletic department. They'd be like, Michael, how'd you get down here? I was like, what do you mean? I just walked down to that court side. <laughs> was anyone else? Nope. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's stopping me. So. Well, Ben, uh, big game this weekend. What's your final score predictions? Oh, boy. Um, whatever the over-under is, take the under. I'll tell you that. 45 is the, over, is the number. Under. Um, I'm going to say. Minus one to you guys as well. I'll say it's going to be like a 21-17 Aztecs. It is going to be a slaughter, like in terms of just people hurting each other, not in terms of final score. Well, I hope yeah. nobody gets hurt. No, but people will be sore. <laughs> Here, you want to hear what uh, Michael and I said? Yeah. Uh, Michael said 31-10 dogs. You know why I said that, Ben, is because I think Jake's going to go five wide and make your cornerbacks beat somebody and go three-step drop, hit somebody, three-step drop, hit somebody, and just tick. I mean, like, wide, that means someone has a free shot at the quarterback pretty much every time. I know, I know. But if you get if you get that <laughs> into that ball quick, if you get into that ball quick, you'll you'll be all right. So okay, we got so some. If five wide is the game plan, if that's what ends mm -hmm. up happening. My guy is no longer Cam Thomas direct the game. It is now Patrick McMorris. He is a safety, but he's like a Jamal Adams safety where they okay. bring him down to rush the quarterback. And Patrick hits hard. <laughs> he was the All guy right. whose entire job against Air Force was just to hit the fullback every time, whether he had the ball or not, because of that super <laughs> triple option. The fullback stopped running towards the line. He literally, when he didn't get the ball, he would just stop. <laughs> Patrick was crushing him. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm, don't don't listen to me. My my guess is probably wrong, but I uh, I just think that dogs got if they can throw the ball a little bit, I think they'll be all right. No, it'll <laughs> work, but Jake will take a beating. <laughs> so you got well, since I threw Michael under the bus, I got to throw myself under the bus. <laughs> I, I went twenty four seven dogs. We are optimists at Boer Bulldogs. We're <laughs> we also not professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely professional. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the thing like, I can see all those scores happening because San Diego State's offense is not very potent. Um, I will say if San Diego State wants to win, they're going to have to get a defensive score. 
Mm. And what was your pred- score prediction one more time? 21-17. 21-17 Aztecs. For some reason, Michael, I, I feel like Ben is just probably better at this than us. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. I think Ben's going to be a little bit better at guessing the score. Is, I, I've really only seen Jake Hayner play once. I wish I could have watched some more film before we talked, but um, it's all it'll come down to him, I'll tell you that. They have not played a quarterback this good yet. Well, enjoy watching him on Saturday because it's going to be fun. I think he's a he's a fun he's I just think he's a fun quarterback to watch play. We saw we got the treat last week of playing Kevin Carson Strong versus Jake Hayner, and that was really cool because that's the best two quarterbacks in our conference. And uh, Carson Strong only threw for four hundred and seventy yards. And Jake <laughs> threw for Jake threw for two sixty, and uh, the dogs won. And what was a closer game than the score? Where the the score someone says it was closer than it actually was. Dogs were in control for much of the game so but no those were fun quarterbacks to watch so uh, hopefully we get just as much of a treat this week with uh with jake versus the aztecs yeah jake versus uh lucas johnson we'll see uh or <laughs> jake matariza there you go another matariza is the leading special teams tackler also just throwing no that way one no yes, way the- in the How nation or that? on san diego state no on san diego state okay oh okay no one gets <laughs> Punts, they're all either fair catches or they're down by the Aztecs because he overkicks whoever the returner is. And so the few times that it does, it usually happens more on kickoffs. He's just the first one to tackle. <laughs> that's a stat. He's that's a, that's a unique one. He's a freak. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Michael, you got anything else for Ben? Thanks, bud. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Maybe uh, Mountain West Championship. I'll be back. Heck yeah. Ooh. I don't know. Aren't we in the same conference? <laughs> the same division? Oh, no. I guess that wouldn't work. <laughs> Maybe for basketball. For basketball, yeah. you'll be there back. There you go. <laughs> but because I'm, I'm hoping we're, we're talking for the Mountain West uh, Championship. <laughs> Michael and I are. We'll it's see. Either us or Ben. The, yeah. It's <laughs> the dog eat dog world. <laughs> well, Ben, a best of luck to you guys in San Diego. Of course, except for this weekend. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you for basketball season for sure. And I'm, I'm sure, Mike, when you come down to Fresno, make sure you stop by and uh, we'll meet up again. Yeah, we will do. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. See you, Mikey. See you, man.